Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Luke 1 verse 26 says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. All of the salvation that follows this moment, the birth of Christ, his life and ministry, his death and resurrection, every single part of that, every prayer that's been answered over the thousands of years, every missionary that's gone out, hospitals that were first begun by Christian believers, universities that were first begun by Christian believers, so many wonderful examples of generosity and love down through the centuries that were begun by followers of Christ. Every single one of those things, every miracle that's ever taken place as a result of that moment, you must understand that none of those things began with us. I want to take you back to verse 26. I love this phrase. Listen to it. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. The angel Gabriel was sent by God. Mary is not in prayer. Mary's not even in church. The shepherds, they're not lost in a worship service somewhere or other. They are out in a paddock doing their normal job. They're just at work. They're guard dutying their sheep. And the worship service comes to them. Luke 2 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can I say to you, sometimes we Christians, we say that our worship draws God. But nothing could be further from the truth. Our worship, true worship does not move God anywhere. True worship moves us somewhere. True worship does not move God. It's not like the louder we sing, the more he stirs. It's not like he's slumbering and our worship catches his attention amongst the cacophony of noise that resonates through heaven. Rather, it is that when we worship, Something inside of us is moved towards God. These shepherds, they are not worshipping and therefore the angels come. But rather they are just doing ordinary life. None of them were saints. All of them were sinners. And every one of them was moved because in the sixth month, an angel was sent by God. The reality is that all of this, all of Christianity, please today do not mistake the organisation of Christianity for the gospel of Christianity. Now I'm not against organised anything. 
I've flown a lot of planes the last couple of weeks. I am really, really glad that Singapore Airlines is organised. I'm really, really glad that Qantas is incredibly organised, even though as they pulled back from the gate last week, they decided that this plane needed attention, caused the engineer to come, and after we waited an hour, they said, sorry, we can't fly this plane. Well, I never got off grumbling saying fly it anyway. I was really happy that there's a protocol and a process. I was so happy that even though I could have flown to South Africa in the time it took me to fly to Brisbane, I was glad for organisation. I'm not against it. Some people act like organised Christianity is bad. No, it's not. Uh, organised anything's not bad unless the organisation gets in the road of the reality, uh, that's the only problem. So don't mistake organised Christianity for the truth of it. Yesterday I was walking the dog through the the bush and I saw new neighbours that have never been out on their back fence. It's a low fence. The ladies waved to me many a day. So this time, because they were both there, I walked over. I introduced myself to Steve and to Andrea. And she said, oh, I've been wondering where you've been. What's happened to you? I said, oh, I've been in Cambodia. He said to me, well, that's an unusual place to go. Why were you there? Well, that was an open invitation. So I started telling them about Transform. They look at me as though somehow or other, we are people that are, better or nicer or more loving or more caring than others. And I always hate that because I know that the reality is that none of this started with us. None of this began because we are good. It all started with heaven, not with us. Our Christian walk does not begin with our desire, our search or our faith. If you are here today and you say, Jeff, I'd love to believe, but I can't. I spoke to a young man uh, two weeks ago who said, well, you know, comes from a background of a a completely different religion. But he, he says, I'd love to know God. I just don't know how to start. Well, our Christian walk doesn't begin with us. I said, the Bible says that If you will open your heart and ask, God will give you even the faith to believe. Every ministry in this church, as marvelous and great as they all are, did not start with our compassion or our generosity. Hope that I referred to earlier didn't start because we happen to really love the poor. It came out of His love for others. It all started with heaven. But here's the good news that what he started, he's already completed. There are seven statements of Jesus on the cross. The first one, Father, forgive them, could have been uttered by a human being, extraordinary though they be. But anybody has got the capacity to forgive. So it could have been uttered by just a human. His next statement, today you'll be with me in paradise. Well, lots of people at funerals say, well, I'm going to see you one day, mom or dad. 
So I know too that that could also have been uttered by another human. Woman, behold, your son was his third statement. And lots of people say, son, I want you to look after your mum. Again, that could have been uttered by another human being. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, number four? Well, there's lots of humans have said that. His fifth statement, I thirst. Well, we've all said that one. Not in the same circumstance, for sure. The sixth one, into your hands I commend my spirit. Again, you don't have to have been the son of God to utter that. But see, it's the seventh one that throws all the other six into a totally different sphere. It's the seventh one that's remarkable. Because on the cross, Jesus said this. Let me read it to you. John 19 verse 30, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. He never said a revolution has begun, a vision has started. He said it's finished. It is finished. You see, the Christian life for a lot of people looks like this. Better not throw that one. And I definitely better not throw that one. I've got to come and live at your house. This is what a lot of people, I think, think the Christian life looks like. They think it's some kind of self-help. Some kind of, well, God gives me principles. Let me see what I can make. If I just pray hard enough, I might be able to get a miracle out of this. If I fast, fasting doesn't move God to anything. Fasting moves you. Matter of fact, I can't think of one spiritual discipline that makes God act. Faith doesn't make God act. Faith changes you and what you think. So however good a thing I can make out of that, and obviously having tried over many years, I'm no better than my five-year-old granddaughter and that I make walls and little houses and stuff like that and she can do just as good as me but Christianity is not some kind of let's put stuff together let's see what we can make out of this come on it's it's not like that at all that's not the way it is the Christian life is far much more like this This is my wife's grandmother's perfect antique English water jug that I was, if I break it, I'm coming to live at your house because I'm pretty sure I can't go home. I was told, don't put that up on the room divide. Someone might knock it off. I go, there's only two of us here. I had an armed escort on the way here. I'm taking this off the stage with me when I go. Why? Because it's valuable. Comes with a whole set of glasses. I wasn't allowed to bring them. Somebody broke one. They're still not welcome at our home. 
That's not quite true, Rhonda. Yeah. Rhonda's over there going. She's on side. I better be careful. I think she's got a mic in. I don't think that'll be the last word. But see, we act like the Christian life. I'm speaking to believers here today. Don't treat the Christian life like God has given you the ingredients of a great life. The reality is that he has finished what he started. It's not spiritual Lego. Without our effort, without our striving, without our trying, he has completed it all. He has prepared everything that we need in order to meet every need. I don't have some radically different message today, but I could not escape the wonderful truth that being a Christian is not trying harder. Being a Christian is not, oh God, I'm trying to get more faith and I'm trying to get more character and I'm trying to get more fruit and I'm trying to get more gifts and I'm trying to get more blessing and I'm trying to get more closeness and I'm trying to get more insight and I'm trying to get more revelation. Some of us spend so much of our Christian life looking for the next bit of Lego that we're going to plug in to what we're building. When if we realize that God has prepared everything we need to meet every need, the wise men's star turned up at exactly the right time. Genesis 1.16 says, God made two lights, the sun and the moon, the larger one to govern the day, the smaller one to govern the night. Look at this. He also made the stars. And however far back that was, God said, leave that one right where I put it. That star, way back somewhere in the outer reaches of the cosmos, God put the star. And the angel said, what's that one for? He said, oh, that's not a part of the constellations that people on earth will identify. That one's got an appointment for when my son comes to earth. And so that star began its long and solitary journey throughout the universe to come to catch the attention of some men. Think about this. Poor people could not have made the journey. So these people were prepared Their businesses flourished regardless of what the economy around them was like. They just kept on getting blessed. People going, what's happened to those wise guys? Well, they just kept on getting blessed. They kept on getting more. Why? Because God said, you know what? He said, I want you to be able to take a journey. It might take you a year to get there and a year to get back. And I want you to be able to just pay the whole lot. And besides that, I want you to be able to take the kind of offering fit for a king. Gold, frankincense and myrrh are not worth a couple of dollars, but worth millions and millions of dollars. He prepared the star that they need. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, But as it is written, I hasn't seen, nor he has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. Listen to me. He's ready for what's coming next 
in your life. Listen to me. He's already ready for what's coming next in your life. He's not in heaven going, oh, heck, where'd I put that star? Oh, what happened? You mean one of the wise guys died and we're down to one? Oh, well, one gift's better than nothing. He made sure those guys live long enough. He made sure they had enough resource. He made sure that they saw the star and that they made the journey because he's ready for what's coming next in your life. Let me just take it another step further though and say this, our salvation is complete and perfect. Needs nothing added. It's complete, it's finished, and it's perfect in every way. However, my expression of it is not that. If this was filled with water and I was to begin to pour, anybody here ever spilled any? Huh? Because yeah. Why? Because though what you held might have been perfect, your expression of it was not perfect. And yet somehow or other God doesn't seem to mind that our imperfection is what gives his perfection greater glory. That you're, come on, some of you here that go, oh, I'm not worthy to serve. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. Why don't you say, maybe it's not about my imperfection. Maybe it's about his perfection. Maybe it's not about what I'm able to achieve. The truth is, Our trust and our confidence is in the one who started it all. I'm going to read you a verse that lots of you know, certainly in the King James version of the Bible or the New King James. But I want to read it to you from the message version because I love the way it says this. The master declares, I'm A to Z. Or for all the Americans here, I'm A to Z. I'm the God who is, watch this, the God who was and the God about to arrive. Isn't that cool? He's not the God way off in the future somewhere or other. He says, you know what, in your life, I'm about to arrive. I'm about to arrive. I don't know what your need is today or what's going on in your world, but God says to you, I'm not just the God who was there and I'm not just the God who is there. I'm the God who's about to turn up. I'm the God who's about to change things. I'm the God who's about to make a difference. I'm the God who's about to lift things. I'm the God who's about to break some of the barriers and the limitations. I'm the God who's about to lift your life from obscurity and put it into significance. I'm the God who's about to take you from weakness and put you into strength. I'm the God who's about to arrive. And I'm believing today for people here in this place that as you get a revelation that It's not Lego and where's that bit and I've got to find it and I've got to make this work. But as you start to see in your life, you know what? He's done it all. It's complete. What does Emmanuel mean? It doesn't mean half of God turns up. It means God is with us. Amen. God is with us. Come on, let's pray together. Just bow your head with me a second. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person that's here. Thank you for what you have spoken to us and how you've helped us. There are people here today, Lord, that need the God who's about to arrive. 
Just this week, somebody got pretty tough news about their job. Lord, I haven't heard that from them, but I've heard it from you. And so today, Lord, I believe that you're the God is about to arrive for them. The contract that never went through, and so they're not sure what the future looks like, but you're the God who's about to arrive. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you in our life brings completeness and wholeness, perfection. Every good thing, everything we need already prepared for our next in Jesus' name. I pray for anybody here today, Lord, any man, a woman, a young person, any child who says, I don't really know Jesus, I wish I did. I don't know if I've got enough faith, but Lord, you said that if we would ask you, you'd bring the faith to us. Even the faith to get started comes from you. So I thank you for helping each person here today in the name of Jesus to simply say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you. Forgive me and save me. Thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. 